You're listening to Things Get Dark. This episode contains mature subject matter and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Things Got Dark. My name's Adrian. To my left is my special guest host, I, I think we can call it. You can call me anything you want, Adrian. Does that voice sound recognizable? It should. It's John Yar, everybody. Everybody's favorite. And sitting across from the table is veteran improv uh, actor, legend in the improv community, teacher, um, all-around nice guy, family man. He um, loves puppets. Yeah, you just found that out. Large in stature and in talent. <laughs> and in heart. And in heart, but not in a bad way. Like, he doesn't have an enlarged heart at everybody. Quentin Hicks! Yeah. yeah! Thank you. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. I'm so flattered. Quentin actually asked to be on here to talk about what we're going to talk about today, and I'm very flattered. And um, the reason why I have a second co-host with me is because the last time I was with Quentin in a, in a setting like this, recording a podcast, I ate shit. <laughs> I was really nervous and intimidated. And it might have something to do with the fact that I had to do improv and I was extremely rusty. It's not like riding a bike at all. It was fine. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, you, he's always a gentleman. So You, you know. did splendidly. Just look for my name. Like It was the Michael Dupree Variety Hour, which is a great, fun show. Mm -hmm. And shout out to the Michael Dupree show. But I hate shit. Anyway. <laughs> and have you been, you've been on that show, haven't you, John? You're... I was. Okay. And I'm sure you were very, very funny on it, as, as was Quentin. But, I was um, playing Ethel Higginbottom, so it wasn't my voice. You may not recognize me. I was Ethel Higginbottom. Yeah, that's like one oh, of your go that was that you. was one of your go to characters, right? Uh, yeah, Ethel. Yeah, that's that that name we would always tell my son that that was the babysitter that was always a phone call away. <laughs> so I would actually call and call my wife's phone as Ethel. Oh, that's so and sweet. Tell, tell my son to uh, behave or else I was coming home. Oh, it was supposed to, it was when he was being bad, I see. Yeah, which was very rare, but yeah, it was just enough to, to set him straight. Was it ba it was based on somebody in your family though, right? Or your wife's family? Uh well, yeah, is uh, the character was based off of my uh wife's uh, late grandmother. She passed, yes. but uh Higginbottom was uh I think that's uh the wrestler Shawn Michaels' real last name. You're kidding. Yeah. Spelled different, but yeah, Higginbottom. What a quinky dink. I had I was watching um Wrestling with the Shadows last night on YouTube to, uh, to lull me to sleep. It'll do it. The Montreal screw job. Yeah. Anyway. I had that off topic. I, I had that on VHS. <laughs> I'm sure you I don't did. know where it is now. Some <laughs> landfill. If anybody knows what the hell I'm talking about, hats off to you. Yeah, yeah. Different subject, different podcast altogether. <laughs> but look at Wrestling with the Shadows, Bread the Hitman Heart. It's yeah classic wrestling documentary and they need to make more of those in my opinion um anyway what was i gonna say i'm just thinking no i'm thinking about bret hart um it's all right brett's a good guy well you had you 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 like kind of reached out to me which i'm super flattered about mm -hmm. because you have a very specific thing that you wanted to talk about which was growing up in flint yeah. and you had um 
Yeah, anytime a story takes you and takes you to uh, the specific location that you grew up in or currently reside in, you know, that's uh, that stays with you as a memory. Oh, absolutely. So when I was asking you, like, what subject matter you, you would cover on the podcast, that's why I thought it'd be a good idea maybe to come on and talk about uh, the spring, fall of 2010. Yes. Yeah. And I'm I'm originally from the Flint area. Mm-hmm. I was born in Flint, and I spent like the la- like the first couple of years of my life there. But I I'm one of those you know jackasses. Oh, I'm from Flint. I'm not from Flint. Right. <laughs> when I ask when people from out of town or from out of state ask me like, oh, I grew up in the Flint area. I'm from Flint. I'm not from Flint. Yeah. I grew up in a in a very middle class uh, white western suburb of Flint. But anyway, I've spent a lot of time there. I lived there as a, as a young adult. Um, and was not living there at the time this all happened in 2010. I was actually living out of state. So yeah. I, I had never heard of this man before. So I'm very eager to hear about this. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, his name is Elias Abuelazam. 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 Yes. And uh, he's uh, an Israeli Arab, but uh, I can pronounce his last name well because it's Abuela, which is... Grandma. Spanish oh, for yeah. grandma. Yeah, 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 grandma's on. Yeah, so it was uh, the summer of 2010, and lo and behold, uh, Elias Abuelazam goes on a stabbing spree, if you will, and mm-hmm. um, for almost three weeks, you know, the city was on edge, and he was mostly going after those that were weak and feeble and much smaller than him. Walking, yeah, walking alone at night, usually. Walking like alone at night, he would take advantage them. of that. Um, you know, and he's a giant man. Like I'm yeah. six foot even, uh, teetering 300 pounds, and he was six foot five, 280. And That's if you right. see photos, you can see he's a bit built like a, a brick house there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, very like large, menacing. Like his mugshot's very scary looking. Yeah. Like he's like straight out of Central Cast. Yeah, and if you see his like his shoe, it's one of those like size 15 that just looks awkward because. No shoe looks good on a foot that big, you know, no. where the laces are together. Be a clown shoe, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, but he would he would goad some of these victims, like you know, he would pull over and put pop the hood on his uh, blazer like it was broken down and ask for help. Yeah. And when the guy had his back turned looking into the engine, he would attack him. Oh my God! What an asshole! What or, a coward! Yeah, yeah. Or just ask for directions and everything, you know. But just you know, some of these. Very small framed men were, you know, 50s, yeah. 60s. Not elderly, but older for sure. Yeah. And, you know, not all. I mean, there was, it was some 17-year-old kids, but very small in stature. Mm-hmm. I heard when he stabbed them, too, he put so much force into it, he was lifting them up. I wouldn't doubt it. That's awful. Well, yeah, like it. somebody that size. But... Anyway, so what, what, like, so you, were you living in Flint at the time of this happening or? Well, it was 2010. So I think we had just moved back to Genesee County. So we were in Grand Blank mm-hmm. uh, after spending uh, 13, 14 years in uh, Oakland County. So it was during that uh, summer where you started to see, you know, it was making the news and it stood out to me because it was, uh, you know, from some of these areas that I uh, used to be my old haunts growing up. Mm-hmm. And then initially, when leads started coming in, I think uh, the detectives once they got on the trail, I think it took nine days, nine days to get him wrapped up. And he, you know, he was on, he was fleeing. 
Mm-hmm. So they got him before he got on an airplane. You know, they tracked yes. his phone. Right. But it came to find out that, uh, you know, he was working at a, a party store that was literally like three and a half, four blocks from where I grew up in at as Beecher, a child. right? Yeah, in yeah. Flint Beecher, which yep. is on the north end of Flint. Which is always, that has know. always been, like, being from around that area, one of the, like, more... Um, Crime, like you're not supposed to go there after dark if you're not if you don't live there and it's crime ridden and I guess that's more like folklore and legend. It is folklore and legend because I'm from you know Whitey McWhite town. Yeah, so. it, because they could very well say that about you know other parts of Flint or even Flushing or Grand Blank. Don't go there because you'll get arrested. You know, True. I mean, oh, absolutely, they could definitely say that yeah. about Flushing. <laughs> but it's a it's a much small it's a much smaller community from when I was there growing up. I really? think I think. All of the schools now, elementary, middle, and high school, are in one building. That's how small uh, the population has grown. Well, does the Flint water crisis have anything to do with that? No, this was well before that. But the water crisis definitely affects that region because, you know, the homes, homes, I guess, they don't retain their the retail value is it with is it within the city it's not within the city limits beecher's beecher right? beecher they, has they its own water water department. source okay yeah all right um when i was growing up i remember hearing again folklore like whitey suburb folklore stuff the boat there's like when you, oh like the basketball team mm-hmm. they went and played at beecher high school there were bullet holes in the walls mm-hmm. there were bullet holes in the walls can you believe that mm-hmm. like yeah yeah, and I'm not going to say it didn't happen, but, you know, that could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely anywhere. right. A stop sign outside of my uh, high school in northern Genesee County had bullet holes in mm-hmm. it. But, you know, I will say a Beecher is always a perennial champion in basketball, track, and football. As small <laughs> yes. as the district is, they whoop some ass when it comes to the high school Oh, athletics. absolutely. It's because the coaches are always shooting at them to spur them on <laughs> they don't they're very scary individuals they don't need to uh one coach uh when my uncles were going through you know their last name is uh martinez but mm-hmm. he would disrespect him enough to say martinez and, what uh, yeah so like it would always be like back on the track martinez and that was on purpose to piss him off or at least to correct the action i guess but it worked moses yeah, Lacey, god rest his soul oh so do you, you were you grew up there? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like this party store that he worked at was uh, at the corner of like Detroit and uh, Coldwater Road, and yeah, it was it was in definitely walking distance of my childhood. So do you remember like gangs when you were growing up? Yeah, yeah. I, my bike was stolen when I was uh, ten or eleven by the Top Dogs, which was uh, the most well known street gang in that area before it became Crips well, and Bloods from okay. L.A. Now, are you familiar? Did you have any run-ins with folks up or folks down? Well, that was that was, <laughs> was a little that like after. later on. Okay, that because that's after. what I remember. Well, yeah, that's yeah. that, that's that's kind of what sets that up. Blue versus red. Bucktown or Beecher was always red, and Flint was blue. I see. So once you get past a certain uh, street there off of North Saginaw, then you know it changes colors. But you know my my youth predates that with the top dogs. The Top Dogs. Top Dogs. <laughs> That's such a generic, basic name. Yeah, they, the Top Dog. And I bet they were, like, scary as hell, but Top Dog just reminds me of, like, a cartoon dog, like, winning a prize yeah, or yeah. something. And he's wearing a top hat. Yeah, and yeah. a monocle. Exactly. Well, uh, see, I'll be 44 this year, so I get, imagine most of those guys are in their late 40s going on 50s. So I don't know if there are any of them left, but 
you know, that was the that was also the time where they were stealing bikes and they were stealing Michael Jordan's shoes when those first came Air out. Air Jordans, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. Now, were you ever asked to be like in a part of anything? No. Malicious or illegal? Any no, illegal we, activities? We kind of did that on our own without having to to join a, a gang. Who's I guess we are. You an only child? I am an only child, so but you, you I've always had cousins. No, not really cousins as far as like school age, but I've just, you know, when you're when you're funny, people gather around you, I guess. So I've never uh, been without friends, I guess. Okay. All right. Bad kids, good kids, everybody. Oh, a little of both. Yeah. A little of both. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that neighborhood that, uh, you know, I'm telling you about where the store was, you know, there's a couple kids in that neighborhood now that, uh, you know, I grew up with that are serving federal time now that i'll never see again mm-hmm. and you know just they went left instead of going right when you come up on that age where you know it's uh it's up to you to distinguish right from wrong yeah yeah and they didn't let me ask you something this yeah. is a total genesee county question could you buy mother's bread in that store you know what i'm talking about um you know i'm not sure you know what i mean i do okay because <laughs> it was it's like this like local bakery there that and it's like it's just like called it's called mother's bread and it comes in this white wrapping. Yeah. And and it's it was really good and it's just something that I remember from growing up in Genesee County sure, sure. from my childhood. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. No, I'm those sorry. those stores in that area, those were the stores that you could buy like a single solo cup, a sandwich bag full of ice, single uh, <laughs> single cigarettes. You know what I mean? Lucy's, yeah. yeah 25 so, cents so. per cigarette. But across from that, across from this store where this happened was, uh, to date myself, was one of the original Mary Sunshine stores, which, which is like the drive through store. You didn't have to get out of the car. Okay, yeah. Just pull up to the window. And it changed names a few times. I don't remember what it was uh, just prior to closing here like a few months ago. But they were known for the coldest soda and the county like frosty like <laughs> oh, it was yeah. almost frozen yeah and it was all glass bottles so i can still remember holding a mountain dew bottle where oh, like the top so two inches is just ice you know mm. and just it being the perfect temperature that's perfect we had like our garage refrigerator that we always kept popping that we'd always have to ask for otherwise we get in trouble was yeah. like super cold yeah, and it was yeah, always yeah. slushy sure but my parents would only buy diet caffeine free coke <laughs> gross yeah who the hell wants to drink that when yeah. they're 10 that's anyway. like drinking duels. Exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly it's so unsatisfying but um i was gonna ask, oh shit i was gonna ask him something else ask I, it adrian okay well what do you want to ask him john quentin hicks i mean i it's intimidating when you put it like that. No, well, I know. Well, I can talk. I can just talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so another reason we had talked about this was, um, you know, it, it it makes a distinct memory in your mind when you can potentially see the streets that this is happening. Oh, for sure. And then you read about the last names of some of the victims, and it's like, well, I don't know him, but I know that that's a, a brother or a relative of someone that I know pretty well. Pretty close. I remember what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Go you ahead. said Sunshine Mini Mart uh-huh. or Sunshine, Mary's, like the, the dr- Mary Sunshine. Mary Sunshine. Yep. So the the suburb I grew up in over on the west side had a triple homicide in the 70s long before I showed up. Like I moved there in the fourth grade in like the early 90s, but this was like before I was even born. I don't know if you remember it or not. You would have been little, but it was a triple homicide. It was just like it was called Sunshine Mini Mart. I'm not sure if it was the um, same kind of chain or anything like that, but... It was um, on McKinley Road in Flushing, which is like right down the school, right down the road from my high school. 
And um, yeah, these people were just shot execution style in this horrible like robbery gone wrong. Yeah. And it's still to this day, like, I mean, I remember growing up hearing all about it because it's such a small like yeah. village and yeah. everybody knows everybody else. And it's very Mayberry and, you know, very Wonder Bread. So to have something like that happen really like had an effect like for decades after the fact. Like, sure. I mean, on the, I think the 40th anniversary, the Flint Journal ran some uh, article about it. And the people, you know, involved are still, it was like two men. They're still serving. One of them died. The other one's still in prison, I think, up in Marquette. But, yeah, really sad. And I, I think that's kind of what led to the downfall of the Mary Sunshine stores because they they had patio doors like on both sides so you could like walk in if you didn't have a car or a bike and I mean you know you're you're leaving yourself it's just a like mark. an open air yeah. market well I mean you know like if you don't if you don't uh, have a vehicle Drive, or a bike yeah. you can just walk in there okay because yeah. the the representative or the, the the cashier is you know free to float like they're grabbing your thing uh-huh. so yeah, it was probably, if it was like a botched robbery, there's no place to go. So as far as like you as a kid, like did you steal a bunch of stuff from that? Like did no, you shoplift no, no, and no. stuff? Uh, not those stores. There was one that uh, after it after it was bought by the family that we uh, all loved and respected in the neighborhood, uh, the Bedell family. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bedell, uh, if you took your report card in and you were doing well, he'd let you pick one thing in the store. That is adorable. And uh, I would always go for the uh, box of Chef Boyardee pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, in a party store, there was only like one or two there anyway, and it was how a little you, dusty. How much did it cost? Oh, at the time, probably, you know, four bucks, five Which bucks. Which is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. You. I mean, he was thinking, you know, we were going to grab some now later. Candy, or something, yeah. You know? <laughs> but that Bedell family was uh, just lovely, man. My, uh, my mom was good friends with the family. My uncle's... Uh, friends worked there all through uh, high school and stuff and and they sold the business to uh, a gentleman by the name of wally and uh good job andy there were some things that yeah maybe <laughs> maybe were shoplifted out of that store yeah once, oh once i'm sure wally. but not before the videls no there's too much respect there our producer just dropped a bottle and it made a loud noise it happens I'm just He's glad really you, mad at me right now for calling yeah, him out, yeah. but he can't say anything because he doesn't have a mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really proud of you for calling him out because if you didn't, no <laughs> one show. people would have just ignored the noise, but now we can just spend time <laughs> yeah. on it and Let's make reflect. fun of Andy. Let's just reflect. I'm kidding. I'm on your side, Andy. That was, <laughs> it's kind of lowbrow to I call just, you out. <laughs> no, I, was just, I thought it was Ruby's. You were interrupting my guest. I'm just kidding. Um, so, um, yeah. So did you have any horrific murders happen in, in the town that you grew up in? Oh, that, man. That like have trickled down through the years and so-and-so <laughs> knew so-and-so and nothing like that? Where'd you grow up? Well, I s- spent the first seven years in Florida, Lake City. Oh, like F- Florida doesn't have any stories about true crime or anything like that. I mean... Nothing crazy happens there. I mean, there's stories about like, oh, he got an underage girl pregnant, stuff like that. But I don't remember any murders, <laughs> per se. Okay. Jeez. You didn't I know mean, about anybody that ended up in the Everglades or anything like that? Like, did you live near the Everglades? No, I was further north. I was by uh, the swamps around Georgia. Look, he's got a mouthful of teeth, and you're going to ask him, did he grow up near the Everglades? <laughs> yeah, this is a true thing, though. My it dad- could be all caps. <laughs> you never know. It could be like a partial. My dad did tell me. I'm from the swamp, so yeah. You you come from swamp folk. Yeah, yeah. I'm just apparently. Surprised, I'm just surprised that you don't have any uh, swamp stories of like bodies showing up or 
all my family owns being de- like you know somebody you know or somebody that knew knew somebody that was devoured by a gator <laughs> all my family owns tons of guns but mm-hmm. no one's intentionally been shot well that's good to hear i'm glad knock on wood i'm glad to hear that that we talk about what's the town of florida <laughs> in, in florida that you're from lake city lake city it's right florida. at 75 and i-10 wow okay <laughs> so it's very convenient to get. Yeah, there. when my mom was traveling when she was younger, she stopped right off seventy five in Florida and was like, "Was she well, hitching? Was she hitchhiking?" No, she had her own car, but I guess she was like, "Well, I've met a guy at a bar. Time to stop." Oh come on! I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Jeez, so close to Mother's Day, this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mom would whoop my ass if I went on there and said something like that. She'd be like, I heard your podcast. Come here for a minute. I got something to tell you. Downstairs. She'll probably never listen Does to it. Does your mother still live in Flint? Uh, she's uh, north of Flint. Oh, okay. Yeah. So one example of um, like a brush with federal prison time, not murder. Like, I don't know anybody that's killed anybody, but um, I was the flower girl in a wedding. (laughs) It was, I think, on my mom's side. And the groom ended up going to prison for cocaine trafficking. At the wedding? That would have been amazing. No, way to shit all over my story to make it sound (laughs) bad. But no, eventually he did. Like, I remember... Is a little girl looking at the wedding photo, and I was the flower girl, and it was a really big deal to me. My grandmother made me the dress and everything, and I remember my mother going, he went to prison for cocaine. Like, what was the timeline after? Like, a few years. I mean, it was it was the yeah. 80s. So I was mean, it a lavish wedding? Like, was there it was, like a tiger it was on nice. a leash? Yeah. It was, there was no tiger on a leash. It wasn't like a Scarface wedding. I mean, it was Genesee County. But, like, it was a really big, nice reception. Sure. I, I was, like, three, so I really oh, don't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. much of it, but there was... There was a lot of like celebrating. <laughs> and I remember like I was really interested in the ring bearer and like asking him to dance over and over and over again to the point where like his mother was like, he doesn't want to dance anymore. He's tired. Leave him alone. <laughs> so weddings in the 80s, there were a lot of cooling, cooling the gang in the air, right? There were a lot of ruffles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot of ruffles <laughs> on men and women. Of course. Um, Bring back ruffles. Exa- no, I know. What's wrong with ruffles? I was a big Boy George fan. Really? Speaking of ruffles, yeah. He had the, like the ruffled sleeves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me time. <laughs> All about it. So you there was, speaking of the 80s, there mm-hmm. was a, um, a kidnapping and murder that happened in 1985 you were telling me about. Yeah, we were, well, we were led to believe that it was a potential kidnapping, that it was a possible kidnapping. Uh, it was... Um, Spring of uh, 85, so I was uh, not 11 yet. I was just going on uh, 11 years old. And a young man was uh, came up missing, Christopher Allen Brown. And for almost 20-plus uh, days, he went missing on April the 12th. And I think they discovered his body in the river on April the 30th in the Flint mm. River. But for that three weeks, like anyone that was in that area... As a kid, you remembered, you'd go home from school, you'd stay together, you'd go inside. You weren't even allowed to really, like, play outside except for maybe that first hour or so. But, you know, we were even inside. We were forced to be inside even before the streetlights came on. And, you know, all along, 
they were playing it like it was an abduction murder. And then what it Which was, up, it ran rampant in the 80s. There was a lot of like stranger danger and, you know, do you know where your children are and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But that, that might have predated, this might have predated that a little bit. It was right around the same timeline because, yeah. uh, you, know, you know, you're talking about Adam Walsh. Yeah. And like that's kind of like through John Walsh's hard work. I mean, that's, you know, children's faces on milk cartons and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. But like, yeah. We what talk inter- about that in our first episode. Sure, like sure. That whole like social panic in the eighties about kids and well, because you didn't know. I mean, it was basically news was traveling by carrier pigeon in the six o'clock news. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're now, like you know, Amber Alert and social media and all that. You know, basically, someone takes a snap of a van. Yeah. It's like it's this instantaneous. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go out and tar and feather somebody before the police get there now. But right. you know, during this, what ended up happening is ended up being a stepmom and her brother that poisoned and knocked out this kid and then oh threw him in the river. Oh my god, you're kidding me. Yeah, His so, stepmother. His stepmother. So for whatever It's reason, always somebody in the family. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I figured it would have been like as somebody but the, the thing it was a woman that did that. Yeah. Very rare, but uh sad but true. But and, you know, he would have been my age uh this year, which uh he's always had a close place in my heart just because of the the demographic and the age and, and seeing him on the news every seeing night. Him on the news and you know, his hairstyle was just like a lot of my friends. Like, it was, you know, cut in like that Jerry Curl style. Uh-huh. I mean, it just looked like a kid that you would hang out with when we were that age, you know. And um, suddenly it was gone, and then to find him the way that they did. and Oh, that's awful. Yeah, so. So is she, like, like they're in prison and they're... They- it took a while, though. It took... Um, I, don't, I don't think they were found guilty until maybe about 10, 12 years ago. Wow, you're kidding. Yeah, so... So they were were they like in like they were in custody all that time or no, they were free? No, I don't think oh, so. I gosh. think you know through evidence. It's now. like a cold case type of thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The way through forensic DNA? techniques are advancing, it's amazing. All the cold cases they're going. Oh, through. it is incredible. I, I wish people would realize that that you know if you're thinking about doing something, there's virtually no way to get away with it. it pretty so much. Just don't. Yeah. Pretty just much get divorced or move away, but don't kill anybody. Yeah. Good advice, Quinn. Yeah. Thanks. You but should the, do a that, PSA. I have. The more you know, don't kill anybody. So is it, a, was, it a, was it a DNA evidence type of thing? Like they went back and looked and found evidence they, that uh, wasn't there in 1985? I think they were able to uh, determine if he had drowned or if he was poisoned. And at the time, I think they determined that uh, he had been given something to, you know. Unbelievable. Knock him out to poison him. But then I think, and then he drowned. Yeah, it was through, it was through evidence or someone's testimony that basically dropped a dime on somebody to get the ball rolling. And uh, you know, I know his dad feels hor- horrible about the whole situation. But they've since divorced, of course. You know, but I can't remember what it was. It was her brother or somebody. Do you do you know if they were married that whole time? And then when the news came out that she had something to do with his murder, like, well, I think. I think it was one of those deals like after he came missing and the body was discovered, I think shortly after they divorced because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure things he were was, said or yeah, animosity. Sure. Somebody if. had to have been suspicious, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah. if, if, I mean, that's not just something you do overnight if you don't like a, a kid. No. So if that, there was any kind of animosity there, I'm sure. And he was only like 11 years old. Yeah, he was that 11. That is awful. He was 11. Well, what, I, I hope she's riding in prison as we speak. Hopefully. 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 With, with nothing in her commissary account. Exactly. Zero. Nothing on her Amazon wish list. Nothing at all. That's what prisoners do nowadays. They get wish lists. 
What? They do. They they have their, uh, you know, especially like prominent prisoners, like that have you know, um, like cases in the media and things like that. They have their fans like buy them shit on their Amazon wish list. If you're out there, don't be a fan of a murderer. Yeah, don't try to mar- like marry a murderer. I know that was popular back in the day, and it's, it's I mean it popular. still is. The Menendezes are, are both happily married. One of them like remarried, I think. <laughs> um, anyway, um, that that story that you, what is that little boy's name again? His name was uh, Christopher Allen Brown. Christopher Allen Brown. Yeah. That reminds me, and I don't know the details, but I'm just like it's a shot in the dark here. If you remember or not, the boy that went missing from Wonderland Mall. Do you remember that? That I think was, so. It was an unsolved case. Like to this day, nobody knows. And it happened, I think, in the 80s, early 90s. I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but I will post that more information about that and his name and everything on Twitter at Things Get Dark 88 at Twitter. Anyway. Um, so at, on Twitter, Things Get Darker 88. Things Get Dark 88. Things Get Dark 88. Yeah. I'll be sure to look at that. <laughs> Remind me to subscribe. Oh yeah, and, or subscribe. follow. It's like, Twitter, follow, so I gotta follow. Follow, subscribe, and like. Anyway, um, what was the worst thing you ever did as a kid, John? What's like the most destructive like thing that you feel guilty about now? Uh, without like, without like, you know, embarrassing yourself. <laughs> like, uh, let's, light, let's lighten it up. The most destructive. Well, I mean, one time I did shoplift from Kmart. What did you shoplift? Stupid baseball cards. Were they tops? Yeah, of course they were tops. Well, what's the other brand? I can't remember. Fla- I don't flare. No, flare. Flags. Flare. <laughs> I was I was such a tomboy. I well, you know, they had little hologram ones in every pack. Like one was Hell a hologram. Yeah. Hell yeah! And I and, and you always like separated all of the holograms and put it all together in its own carrying case. Yeah, even though they all the players sucked, but they were holograms, so it was cool. <laughs> yeah, of course. But and stickers. I, I opened a few packs and I was going through them in the store and I got caught. Well, which one were you looking for? I didn't care. I just wanted to collect them. A Matt Noakes rookie card. <laughs> and then after that, I was like, "Why am I collecting these stupid cards?" And I just stopped. So did you get in big trouble? Like, did oh you get yeah, grounded. Yeah, they're they're trying to like, oh, we're gonna send you jail. What store was it? Uh, it was the Kmart at twelve and uh, John R there. Well, look who won. Yeah. <laughs> That store outlived the Kmart. That store is still empty, and I'm not in prison. There you go. <laughs> Mission so, accomplished. But it did make my mom cry. So that was your mother cried. Oh yeah. So did you feel like hor- like did you want to die in that moment? I would. Whenever I would make my mother cry, I would. I just. I still to this day, I just want to like die. I, a part of me dies inside. You're so kind-hearted. It's, obviously, it didn't affect you. I mean, I was affected, <laughs> but I wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Mom, I'm so sorry. You didn't, like, beg her for forgiveness? Uh, I just changed my ways. Well, that's which good. I, it's not begging for forgiveness, but it is no solving the problem. Well, no offense, but, John, knowing you now as an adult, I would think that, like, it would have be, been way worse. Like, you would have done something way worse than shoplift baseball cards. Well, right. that you're willing to talk about anyway. Wasn't the other brand Top Deck or Upper Deck or something upper like deck. that? Upper Deck, upper deck. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Fleer was basketball cards. Oh, that's right, yeah. yes. Uh, you know, I accidentally break stuff, but I don't remember. <laughs> I, it just happens. One time what? I tried to come home and uh, I half unlocked the bolts, but I thought mm-hmm. I unlocked it all the way and I just yanked the door open. 
shattered you the door frame. Shattered the door frame. Didn't realize it for like a half hour because <laughs> I just I thought I unlocked it. Hulk strong. I, I Hulk get, angry. The deadbolt, huh? Yeah. Oops. Were you, you get in big trouble. Uh, we did have to replace that door frame, mm-hmm. and that was pretty bad. Okay. You're like the thing. They would need you in the Fantastic Four. <laughs> did you have a destructive childhood story? No, I was an only child, so if something ended up broken, you were basically the only person that could have done it. So, no, we were, we ran a pretty tight ship. My mom uh, ran her household with fear. Yeah. So basically You're, it was, uh, you know, she's very jovial. She was always the mom that uh, my friends got along with. But she would say, uh, you know, the reason I don't hit you is because I don't think I could stop. <gasps> oh, that, that would enough. make my blood run <laughs> cold. That was enough to make you to stay on the right and side you of had the a, like, you, you were raised by a single mom, right? <clears throat> yeah, for a majority of it. So was I. The old man split when I was... Uh, just shy of ten. Oh damn! <laughs> damn! Like yeah, he, yeah. we couldn't even left like when you were early, like three, and you couldn't remember him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that sucks. <laughs> for him, it does suck for him. We turned for out sh- all right for sure. Absolutely. Here, here. <laughs> um, my parents divorced when I was six, and I, my mom remarried when I was nine, and she remarried a man that had two older boys, and one of the boys that was like closest in age to me. Turned out to be not a great, so great adult. Like, he didn't make it. He didn't make it. Mm. Um, so he's not, like, serving time or anything, but he's got, you know, addiction issues and is in and out of places and stuff like that. But anyway, I digress. He was kind of a – he was a nasty kid. He was just, like – he just liked getting in trouble. And to the point where, like, his dad, who was a good father and a good parent, he was a good husband – couldn't punish him anymore. Like, it was like, I've done everything I can. There's nothing else I can do, and I'm sick of punishing this kid. It's like ruining my life, my mm-hmm. like all my relationships and everything, like with my wife and anyway. So, but he was like our little ringleader at first, and we would just follow him around. And one day, we lived in this, uh, like, kind of cul-de-sac neighborhood, and Carpenter Road, I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with Carpenter Road, was like right behind our house. And... We would, there was like this little pathway that cut through our subdivision onto Carpenter Road. We would actually walk to high school that way. And this is when we were like elementary school age. I think I was, well, seventh grade, something like that. It was summer. There's nothing to do. Just riding bikes around like you did. And he got it in his head to like, he was like, come on, let's, let's follow me. And we went, my sister and I went and followed him to this little like area in this ditch where we proceeded to throw sticks at cars, not just sticks, but like branches at moving vehicles, like hard. And they'd make these horrible sounds. And sometimes, you know, they'd stop and we'd duck down in this ditch. And sure enough, this woman, I threw this stick. And of course it was me. It was the time I threw the stick. And I, <laughs> I nailed this car. I I like got it so good. It got it was dented. It was a woman teaching her teenage daughter how to drive. Oh no. And my stepbrother Chuck was wearing a red Phillies hat. I remember and I said, "Take off your hat. They're going to see the red, you know, because we were like in the ditch." And sure enough, he she saw his hat, turned around, figured out where we were, and like snuck up behind us and like started <laughs> started like yelling at us and stuff 
So I just like turned tail and ran. And he, she, you know, she confronted my stepbrother, Chuck, and was like, you just threw a fucking stick at my, my, my daughter. I, my daughter's driving and you just threw a fucking stick at my car. Blah, 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 blah. I just went and he was like, no, no, I didn't. It was that girl on that bike right there. And I just was like, I, I ran and, and hid in a brush pile in my, uh, in the backyard of Lindsay Weiner's house. <laughs> I was terrified. I thought I was going to die. Like, I th- I'd never done anything that bad before. And to even think about getting caught was, like, out of the question. So anyway, she ended up calling the cops. <laughs> and I got in trouble. And that was the most, like, worst, horrible, destructive thing. I blame my stepbrother. But how you feel. He's a piece how, of shit. How you way. felt about it. How you felt about it. You said that you felt terrible and that was the worst feeling. Yeah. Like some people do it just for that rush you describe. So the way it, you reacted to it scared you straight. It did scare me straight for right. sure. And I never did anything like that yeah. again. I mean, I, you know, I tell white lies here and there. and But no. I would never do anything purposely destructive. And I never did anything like that again. And it white, was all his yeah. stupid influence. You white know? lies like, uh, no, that was a really good improv show, guys. <laughs> Yeah, that was like the one you told earlier. (laughs) Yeah, like the one you told earlier about me being good on that show. (laughs) No, look, that was. I think you're uh, you're your own worst enemy on that show. We had a good time. If you go back and look at the recording and listen to it, thank you. Percentage wise, how much improv? Like, how much shit improv do you watch compared to like stuff that's like actually good? Well, you know, I'm in the trenches. I you're in the trenches. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. People that, like, you know, have been there and done that, they get up and, like, I mean, because there is, like, there is, like, a ratio. There's a small, small percentage of students that, uh, over the years, that, you know, I put in the category of just not getting it. Yeah. But, you know, I I actually, you know, like the category of improvement. And uh, there's nothing like, you know, watching somebody that was really, really shy just to come out of their shell. And next thing you know, they're the one. That is asking for suggestions at their next class show. Yeah. Now, that part of it's fun. And, you know, here it's it's okay to be that way because, you know, not everyone's looking to go into the business. They just want to learn how to mm-hmm. talk uh, better and be more an effective communicator. So, yeah. But there and come are out of their shell. You're yeah. Right. There are a few that, anyway, I've, I've never came right out and said it, but I would be like, look, save your money. Go get a cat <laughs> or a puppy. <laughs> You're ruining Enter- it for everyone else. Entertain the puppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you ever give somebody an improv a pet, what you're saying is stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. It's like, hey, there's a whole box of turtles out there. (laughs) It's going to eat up your time, though. Yeah, they take up a lot. It takes a lot to care for a box of turtles. And they love toothbrush tummy tickles. (laughs) That's right. So, all right. Well, you can catch Quentin on a little show called Detroiters. Detroiters on Comedy Central. Yeah, Thursday nights at 1030. You were Sandy the bartender. Oh, that's not something we talk about. It was an accident. It was an accident that uh, just kind of omitted itself. Any uh, reason why Sandy? um, Sure. Uh, It was for the original character that was supposed to play that character. supposed to play that, yeah. But now he's Quentin the bartender. Yep. See how I pay attention to you on that show? So it's like it never happened. You're so enigmatic. Ign- what is the what is the word? Yep, that word. Enigmatic. Yeah. What <laughs> is it, Andy? Enigmatic. Yeah. Enigmatic. Like Enigmatic. Edward Enigma. 
Edmigmatic. I can Ed McManic. He's Ed McManic. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Uh, All right. So you can catch him. Uh, actually, the season. Well. Yeah, season finale. You can catch it in reruns by the time this airs. Yeah, it's playing all over the place. All uh, over. Comedy Central, on iTunes, on Hulu. Comedy Get Central, on it, John. Comedy the Comedy Central, Central, Central app has it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so also, there's a movie coming out. Uh, Paul Parazzi should be uh, sometime this year. Or I'm a banker in that. Is this a jeweler, a, a jeweler, a jeweler in that. <laughs> Is this a movie about tiny dogs and the paparazzi that follow them? Yes. Literally. Who else is in that? So, I got all that work. just from the title. Excellent work, detective. That's very nice. Uh, my good friend Joe Anderson is in that. And the rest, you'd have to check on IMDb. Paul per, what is Paul it? Paul Parazzi. Paul Parazzi. Yeah, it's a clever play on words. I honestly thought <laughs> you were kidding when you said that. It reminded I me of, you're, I thought you were saying somebody's name like Paul something. Anyway. Yeah. It immediately reminded me of Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is. It's like this step cousin to that movie <laughs> it sounds adorable and, uh, and fun for the whole family and richard real was in it if you guys don't know richard real he's the one with the mustache from office space and uh, oh you, you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah the yeah. guy that got hit by a truck yeah. oh i love the jump <laughs> yeah. to conclusions matt guy yeah so i love him he's great <laughs> uh yeah I, I would love to write something where he's my dad it's a <laughs> jump to conclusions matt yeah. and all my buddy into it when <laughs> he's sitting there in that in that wheelchair and traction and yeah. like the neck oh the neck brace oh it's so great that was my favorite part of ever being on a movie set was being able to talk to him and we quickly talked about the fugitive because he's the uh the corrections officer that lies to the uh to the law enforcement when the train accident has the, Har- the Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, so he's given his uh, story, blah, blah, blah. He gets caught in a lie and he goes, uh, care to change your story? Well, what does that mean? Care to change your bullshit story? Like, I just love him <laughs> in that. And we talked about it for like 15 minutes. Oh, that is so cool. An and his name's Richard Real. Richard Real. R-I-E-H-L. What a, what a great movie actor name. It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, lo- I love that cool guy. Too, yeah, it is John Yar. Get, get on it, dude. It's get not on. his real name. I know, I know. Oh. <laughs> well, Quentin's not my, I mean, it's my middle name. I know your real name. I've heard you on other stuff. Yeah. I think I'm like your number one fan, I think. It's Thomas, everyone. Thomas Hicks. I still only answer that at the bank and on questionnaires. <laughs> Why did you never go with Thomas? Like, that was my dad's name, and uh, you know. Junior, oh yeah, yeah, you know, all right. So you try to be your own individual. Absolutely. But I was named after one of the vampires from Dark Shadows. Nuh-uh. Yeah. I was named after my dad's coke dealer. <laughs> Down there in the swamp, there. Yeah. Look here, here what I gonna do? It. <laughs> my dad loved his coke so much it was uh, like a best friend. So he oh. means the soft drink Coca Cola. No, I don't. <laughs> New Coke. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you can, like I said, you can catch Quentin on Detroiters and yeah, in various uh, teaching various improv classes. Do you teach for just you? You're just for Planet Ant right now, right? I also teach at Go Comedy. Oh, nice. Go Comedy in Ferndale and Planet Ant in Hamtramck. And I also offer coaching sessions. Ooh, one on one, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, uh, a maximum of four, but a minimum of two. Okay. Just to be on the safety side. Very nice. <laughs> and John, what have you got going on? Uh, right now I'm looking for a job. Okay. Send your inquiries to 
to johnyar at afterimprov.com. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and I'm actually in a show at Planet Ant right now uh, that's in rehearsals right now. Excuse me. It's going to be the 5th and 6th. I'll probably screw this up, but it's, I believe it's the 5th and 6th of September and the 14th and 15th of September with a matinee on the 16th that Sunday. So it's called uh, Totally Recalled, and it's like a best of student sketch show uh, with Planet Ant's writing program that they uh, incorporated in the last couple of years. So fun times, good times. And as always, thank you for listening to Things Get Dark. Thank you, Andy, producer Andy. And you can catch us. um, If you have any uh, thoughts, concerns, comments, um, you can send them to thingsgetdark at gmail.com. And also we're on Twitter at thingsgetdark88. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, Bye, everybody. Goodbye. This has been a production of Hearsay Studios. Wait, what?